instant Ralston and regular Ralston. The hot whole wheat cereals in the red and white checkerboard packages present Space Patrol! High adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space. Missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice. Travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander-in-Chief of the Space Patrol! In today's transcribed Space Patrol adventure, a strange spaceship is poised at the end of a secret cavern on Saturn's eighth moon, waiting for the precise instant of blast off. Buzz and Happy, helpless at the point of a deadly heat gun, are forced down the cavern toward the ship. Listen, Dominic, these people or creatures or whatever they are, they've got some hold over you. Yes, Dominic, you'll be sorry as soon as the ship lasts off. You'll be sorry if you aren't aboard. You mean you use that heat gun on us? I won't have to. If we're not aboard that ship in three minutes, we'll all be finished in the rocket blast. We'll return in just a moment with today's exciting space patrol adventure, The Exiles from the Nebula. Of all the outposts in the solar system, few are more lonely than the Japanese Observatory on Saturn's eighth moon. On its four million square miles of airless satellite, there is no sign of life. But wait, as if from out of nowhere, a tiny figure in a spacesuit appears, moves toward the observatory airlock, and enter. Nobody? Is that you? Of course, Doctor. Who else could it be? Where have you been? Out for a walk. For a walk? Where is there to walk on this moon? It's all the same, every inch of it. I like to get out once in a while, that's all. You've been gone for hours. You promised me the last time you wouldn't leave me alone so long while I'm... Well, I'm sick. <laughs> now, Dr. Barton, I was out only a few minutes. It was three hours. I had nothing to do but lie here watching the clock. The clock doesn't lie. True, but from your bunk you can see several clocks, all registering different kinds of astronomical times. You became confused. Uh, perhaps I did. I'm sorry, Zobanek. I didn't mean to be such a nuisance. It just then it upsets me not to be able to carry on my work here. Now, relax, Doctor. You'll be up and around in a day or so. Here, I'll fix you some more medicine. Uh, it does seem to make me relax. Of course it does. Here, now, drink this down. Thank you. Have you fixed the space phone yet, Joker? Well, not yet. I'm still trying. Well, I don't understand why they haven't come to rescue us. Rescue us? <laughs> From what? It's been days since we've been able to put out our regular reports. The space patrol is supposed to investigate. Then they hear that we missed one report. But, Dr. Barton, we haven't missed a report. It hasn't been days, any such thing. Only a couple of hours. A couple of hours. Uh, I have no sense of time. No sense of anything. Just relax. See, that's it. It won't be long now, Dr. Barton. No, it won't be long now. Meantime, a sleek spaceship nights through space in the direction of Saturn's moon number eight. It's the Terra 5 with Commander Corey at the controls and Cadet Happy at his side operating the spacephone transmitter. Cadet Happy aboard Terra 5 calling Japanese Observatory, Saturn's moon number eight. Terra 5 calling Saturn number 8. They still don't answer, sir. No, we'll try later. Dr. Barton may be in the middle of an observation. Well, it's pretty close to the regular 12th hour report. We'll be sure to contact him then. Surprise visit to the observatory might work better. 
How do you mean, Commander? If I took part in off and I'm coming to Saturn number eight to try to talk him into leaving, he'll have time to think up an alibi. <laughs> but wouldn't he rather be chairman of the Special Scientific Commission on Terror than be stuck clear out here on moon number eight? Maybe. It's up to me to convince him that he can do more for science by observing other astronomers than by observing stars. Well, anybody can do it. You can. I hope so. It's nearly report time. One of them is sure to be near the space phone now. Try again. Yes, Cadet Happy aboard Terra 5, calling Japetus Observatory on Saturn moon number 8. Terra 5 to Japetus Observatory. Japetus Observatory, Saturn 8, Engineers Dobinick to Cadet Happy on Terra 5. Please stand by. We're about to make the 12-hour report. I'll take it, Hap. Mandatory to Japetus. I want to report that we'll be landing at the observatory in a few minutes. Landing? Why? Uh, I mean, is anything wrong? Dobinick, is Dr. Barton at the space of phone? I, uh, he can't talk just now, Commander. You're making an official visit to the observatory? Yes, but don't disturb Dr. Barton now. Go on with your report. Oh, thank you, Commander. Oh, there is something I'd better tell you. Yes? Dr. Barton is ill. It's nothing serious, but I thought you ought to know. All right, Dominic. Thank you. We'll land in about half an hour. Hurry out. Wow, I'd hate to be sick way out here. It's lucky it's nothing serious. Mm-hmm. Dr. Barton can't be too ill. He's been sending over plenty of data for Zobinick to report. Stefan Zobinick. How do you do, Zobinick? This is Cadet Happy. How do you do? It's certainly wonderful to have company. Take off your spacesuits and relax, won't you? Oh, thanks, but we plan to be leaving very soon. Oh, Dr. Barton's sleeping. Uh, yes, he dozed off a while ago. Shall I um, wake him? I hate to do it, but it's rather important. I've been sent here to persuade him to go to Terra. To Terra? When? It is possible. The Secretary General wants him to head a commission of scientists to map a telescopic survey of the outer galaxy. Well, uh, that's quite an honor. Dobinick, you told me Dr. Barton was slightly ill. He looks very ill to me. He's lost at least 30 pounds since I last saw him. Well, he has been working hard. I've tried to get him to slow down. Look at his face. Not a bit of color in it. Dobinick, you should have reported this. I, um, I wanted to, but Dr. Barton wouldn't let me. He kept insisting he felt fine, but he, he was just tired. And after all, he is in command here. Got to get him off this moon immediately. He needs medical attention, too. Uh, you don't mean right now. I certainly do. Help Happy and me get the doctor into a spacesuit. We'll take him to Saturn City Hospital in our ship. Now, but Commander... I'll accept full responsibilities, Dominic. If we get the doctor aboard Terra 5, Happy will stay here on temporary duty until a replacement arrives. A few moments later, Buzz blasts off from Saturn's eighth moon with Dr. Barton secure in the midship's compartment. With automatic pilot holding a vector for Saturn, Buzz goes back to check on the doctor's condition. To the commander's surprise, the doctor is fully conscious and quite able to talk. You feel all right, Dr. Barton? Oh, much better, thank you. I suppose that medicine Zobenig has been giving me was of some good after all. What did he give you? Oh, I don't know what it was. He got it out of the emergency kit in the observatory. Oh? It did seem to help me, though I poured some of it into a small bottle to take when I was working, and Zobenik wasn't around. He's a good man. The way he gave that data, you'd think he was an astronomer. Uh, yes, I remember today I let him give the whole report. I'll have to let him do it again sometime. You say the day Zobenik gave the report? Uh, yes, I was busy, and he insisted on helping. He was like a kid. You rest a while, Doctor. I'm going forward and make a few space phone calls. Well, that's about all there is to it, Cadet. 
Just check those instruments' readings every half hour. Well, as long as I'm on duty, it seems I could do a lot more than that. You're doing it all. I'm used to it. <laughs> How about another glass of that fruit juice? Oh, well, uh, just a little, please. Aren't you having any? No, not right now. I had a couple of glasses before you came. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, why don't you lie down for a while? Oh, oh thank you. I wouldn't be polite. <laughs> don't worry about that here. If your work is done and you feel like sleeping, you just go to sleep. That's the way Dr. Barton and I worked it. And what's the matter? I was looking at the boots on your space suit over there in the corner. What about them? Well, maybe my eyes are playing tricks on me, but it looks... Hey, like where are you going? Oh, just to take a look. At... Well, I was right. It's Mark. Fresh Mark. Oh, I, uh, I didn't show you how the electronic telescope works. Come into the dome number two and I'll show you now. Fresh mud and moon number eight. It's all solid rock. There's no air, no water, and... Still, this is mud. Uh, Cadet, I want to show you and how that goes. Blades of grass in the mud. Uh, Zobinick, how did this get on your spacesuit? There's not a single growing thing on the surface of moon number eight. Not on the surface, no. And now I'm afraid I can't wait for that medicine to work. Hey, what are you trying to do? You, got... you would get nosy. Lucky Coy didn't see that mud while he was here. If I can only contact Crawler. Zobinick calling Crawler. Crawler, come in. Yes, Crawler. Zobinick, the cavern people are active. It is near the hour of departure for the level. Listen, there's been a slip-up. We'll have to blast off from here without Dr. Barton. Without an astronomer who would pass the course of our ship across interstellar space. For centuries, we have lived in exile on the surface of this alien moon. We have lost much of our knowledge of the stars. We need someone who knows the sky. Wait, there's a space patrol cadet here. Very well. Bring him to the cabin. We will put him aboard our ship. He shall help return us to the nebula. He's just a kid, Crawler. He can handle planetary spaceships, okay, but, but he doesn't know a thing about stellar drive and your space warp. Bring him aboard. He will have 83 years to land. We'll return to Space Patrol in just a moment. Say, Space Patrollers, you like to play a trick on your best pal? You like to play at being a real for sure spaceman? You want to get a preview look at what things may be like on another star? Well, then send away for a wonderful mono-view outer space helmet right away. You know, the helmet is a whole foot high. You're in disguise from the top of your head right down to your shoulders. And that extra special one-way eye plate lets you see out, but nobody else can see in. Why, with your helmet on, even your best pal won't know you. Looking out through that eye plate is like stepping out on a foreign star. You see things real clear, but with a strange purple glow. And just like Commander Corey and all the space patrollers, when you put on your helmet, you're ready for action. With honest-to-goodness-looking oxygen tanks and breathing tubes, outer space ear plates, and lightning flash hood. But, gang, you better hurry. This terrific offer soon ends. Hurry and buy a box of good hot Ralston. Then, with your name and address, send only 25 cents and the instant or regular Ralston box top to Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. That's Space Patrol, Box 6. Eight, six, St. Louis, Missouri. This offer good only in the USA and may be withdrawn at any time. And now back to our Space Patrol adventure, the exiles from Denebola. Commander Corey is on his way to the planet Saturn with the eminent astronomer, Dr. Barton, who's suffering from a strange illness. The commander temporarily left to get happy on Saturn's eighth moon with Dr. Barton's assistant, Stefan Zobanek 
To Happy's amazement, he discovered fresh mud and blades of grass on the boots of his spacesuit in the observatory. Mud and grass on a cold, airless, waterless moon. At this point, Zobanik suddenly struck Happy, knocking him unconscious. Zobanik kneels over the unconscious Happy as a voice booms from the spacephone. Zobanik, take care of the solar system. Answer your master. I am here, Kohler. We are waiting. Where is the cadet? He's still unconscious. The bow I gave him plus the medicine put him out cold. I'm trying to revive him now. Hurry him if you have to. The time of the party is near. Nearly all the exiles are aboard, I think. Cola, listen. I know exactly how long it will take me to get to the entrance to the cavern. It's best if I wait here a while. The space patrol has already contacted me. And if I don't answer their next call, they may send a scout ship to investigate. Do not fail us, Dominic. Remember, we have promised you great riches and position on our planet. And a long life in which to enjoy them. Yes, I know. We've got a few hours yet before this moon reaches the exact position for blast off to the nebula. The telescopes are all set to relay the warning signals to the cavern. Meantime, in the Saturn City Hospital, Commander Corey sits beside Dr. Barton, who is earnestly checking over copies of the 12th hour report based upon from the observatory on Saturn moon number eight. Last report, I recall, prepared. The report made six days ago. And my sense of time wasn't confused at all, at least. Not as much as I thought. No, Doctor. You were kept in a sort of a twilight daze. Well, Zobanek made the report. I still don't understand. If the observatory spacephone wasn't out of order, I would have heard Zobanek make the report. But if it was out of order, how did he keep the schedule? He could have made the report outside the observatory with another transmitter. <sighs> Those long walks. That's what he was doing. Uh, but there is something else. Uh, didn't you say my voice was on some of those reports? Yes, a short sentence. You said, situation normal, Barton over to Zobanek for details. Uh, I don't remember doing that. Only that one day, which to go. You make microtape recordings of all those reports. Zobanek uh, must have used the microtape of my voice. And inserted it into each space cast. I just can't figure out why Zobanek did this. I'm going back to moon number eight and find out. I'm going with you. Uh, whatever Zobanek is after, it concerns the observatory, and you may need my help. All right, Dr. Barton, you can come along. Dazed but gradually regaining his senses, Cadet Happy finds himself being forced into a spacesuit by Stefan Zobanek. Hey, what's the idea? We're going for a walk, Cadet, and then for a nice long space flight. Yeah, where to? The nebula. The nebula? Are you crazy? That's a star. Dozens of light years away. No spaceship could make it in a, in a human lifetime. I'll make it. Because I'm going to live for centuries, like the exiles. Exiles? From where? The exiles from the nebula. They came here a thousand years ago when invaders drove them off their world. You mean they came to this dinky little moon uh, with all the planets in the solar system to choose from? They had no choice. They had to make a forced landing. And not until now have they been able to restore their space warp equipment for interstellar flight. They've been here for a thousand years and nobody's seen them except you? Well, even I haven't seen them. They've lived in caverns under the surface. Well, how do you know so much about them if you haven't seen them? One of them contacted me, an exile called Kola. I have been inside their caverns. Uh, that's where I found this. Well, what is it? Some sort of weapon? Never saw anything like it, did you, Cadet? It's a heat gun. Powerful enough to melt this entire observatory in a few seconds. I know. I've seen it work on rocks. In the cavern, I heard Kola's voice. He told me how to use it. 
Well, how could these exiles live under solid rock for centuries? Uh, what do they eat? And how could they bring that much food with them? Oh, you saw the mud and grass on my space boots. The exiles are far beyond us in science. They've produced air and water from the rock of this moon and turned the rock into fertile soil. They brought seeds from Genebola. Yeah, and I suppose they make sunlight, too, down in the cavern. Exactly. By controlled nuclear fission. It's a light just like that from their sun star Genebola. That's the secret of their long life. Now, finish getting into that suit. We've got to get to their ship. Well, look, how do they know those invaders aren't still there? Uh, back there on their home planet. Because before the exiles fled, they left behind a slow-acting but thorough poison. In two centuries, the invaders would be destroyed. And in another eight, their planet would return to its original state under the healing rays of Genebola. Well, uh, uh, thanks for the sales pitch, but uh, I like it here in the solar system. You go along and enjoy yourself. You're coming with me, cadet. It's Kohler's orders. You're needed for astrogation. If I use this heat gun on you, you'll think the nebula exploded in your face. Now get going. As Happy begins his long walk toward the hidden cavern, the viewscope of a spaceship scans the rocky surface of a barren moon. Commander, what in the universe is that? What, Doctor? There's that large black cone some distance east of the observatory. That was never there before. See it? Rising up from the rock? Yes. Wait, I see something else. Something moving toward the cone. Yes. Yes, between the observatory and the strange object. Two men. And there are only two men on that moon, Dr. Zobanek and Happy. What are they doing out there? Zobanek seems to be holding a weapon on Happy. If we come in low on the other side of those crags, we can land without Zobanek seeing us. There's no atmosphere, he won't hear our rockets. And with that rough terrain, I can sneak up on Zobanek from the rear. How can I help, Commander? Stay in the ship. If I don't stop, Zobanek, call Saturn Space Patrol for help. Just keep moving, Cadet. The cavern entrance is just ahead. Where? I don't see any openings or gate or anything. You will when the time comes. Zobanek, distance captain. Yes, Crawler. I'm listening. Hey, who are you talking to? Quiet, Cadet. You aren't meant to hear Crawler at present. You are being followed. What? Enemy is close behind you. I can blast him with this heat gun. No, no, he is valuable for more than the other one. This enemy came in the ship that was here before. Commander Corey. Yes. I will open the gate to the cavern. He will follow you inside, and the gate will close. And then he's as good as on the ship. Hey, what's this all about? If you could hear, why couldn't I? Gate is open. Go on in, cadet. Hurry, on the double. Hold Dominic, don't go in there. Come in. Keep going, Cadet, or I'll blast you and the Commander, too. You heard me, Dominic. Stop. Crawler, close the gate. Coins in the cavern. You did not need to tell me, Dominic. Everything you do or say in this cavern is known to me. Hey, who's that? Crawler? Yes, that's Crawler. I guess you all can hear him now. Don't come any closer, Corey. This heat gun can turn you into a cinder. He's probably right, Commander. Melted rock with it, so don't take a chance. Why, worse than that. And you may now open the face pieces of your face suit. There is air in the cavern. Where's that voice coming from? Who are you? I am Crawler, one of the exiles. You have been chosen to accompany us on our journey back to the Nebula. I know it sounds crazy to me, but it's true. Nobody threw in with the exiles so we could live for centuries. 
So you got to help them get on the right dresses. Hurry up, Dalton. Yeah, there isn't much time. Listen, so like these people, these exiles, whatever they are, they've got some hold over you. They're just using you. Well, you will be sorry as soon as the ship blasts off. You'll be sorry if you're out of board. You mean you'll use that heat gun on us? I won't have to. If we're not aboard that ship, we'll all be finished in the rocket blast. When that warning stops, the ship will blast off. I'm staying right here. You fools, it's only seconds. Then these cabins will be full of flames. Whether the ship or our two. What use will the exiles have for you if you don't get us aboard alive? Think it over, Tony. Kohler, tell him he's right. Kohler, do you hear me? That is the time to explain now. Help me, Kohler. Hold the ship a few seconds. It won't matter. Really, it won't. I'll take that heat gun, Tony. Don't I'll help you, Commander. I've got it, Hap. Warning. It's stuck. They're going to blast off. Now what? Look at that heat gun, please. Just stand back from under that overhanging rock. I've got to use the heat gun. The rock's melting. The hope it's not fast enough. You feel like the cabin. Now there's a wall of solid rock between us and the inside of the ship. I hope that ball holds. Well, bon voyage, Cole. It was nice knowing you. Hey, hey, Black Rock. We're still in. The outer gate is shut. It's only Cole I can open. Take it easy. Don't panic now, Governor. Well, with this heat gun, it's an open and shut case. Hey, yes, Commander. You melted this part of the cavern shut with the heat gun, and now you can open the other end of it. Right, sir? Right, Our life, our world, just a few steps away. For those exiles from the nebula, their world is beyond the stars. Whoever they are, what they are, I hope they make it. An action preview of next week's exciting space patrol adventure in just a moment. Say, Space Patrollers, here's a problem in addition that'll add up to lots of fun for all of you. You just take 25 cents in coin, add to it an instant or regular Ralston box top, add to that your name and address, and that'll bring straight to you a sensational mono-view outer space helmet. Now, Space Patrollers, this swell offer soon ends. And Commander Corey wants all of you to have one of these terrific mono-view outer space helmets. So hurry and buy a box of good hot Ralston. Then with your name and address, Send only 25 cents in coin and an instant or regular Ralston box top to Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. That's Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. But better do it right now. And now, gang, here's more exciting news about the winner of the big Name the Planet contest, Ricky Walker of Washington, Illinois. The mayor of Washington officially proclaimed Tuesday, January 12th as Ricky Walker Day. Schools were closed, and 1,500 boys and girls, 900 of them wearing Montevideo outer space helmets, paraded through the streets at the town square, Terra for the Ralston rocket. $1,500, a Schwinn bike, and a raft of space patrol equipment were officially presented to Ricky. 1,750 other second and third prize winners have been notified by mail and will be receiving their prizes shortly. <laughs> And now, a preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol adventure. Buzz and Happy are on the planet Mars, searching an underground storage room for plans stolen from the Space Patrol. Wow, there must be a million books in this room. Yes, and Carmody has hidden the plan somewhere among them. We've got to work fast. Hey, Commander, my head hurts. What is mine? 
Like a terrific pressure. What's causing it, sir? Ultrasonic vibrations from that resonator up near the ceiling. A resonator? Yes, but we can't find those plans in a hurry. The vibrations will destroy us. Space Patrol! Space Patrol created by Mike Moser, starring Ed Cameron's Commander Corey, and then Osborne as Cadet Happy, was written by Lou Houston. Produced and directed by Larry Robertson, executive producer Mike Deverick. Other players were Norman Jolly, Ken Mayer, and Baylor Kovach. Dick Dufel speaking. Now, don't forget to tune in next Saturday and every Saturday when Instant Ralston and regular Ralston again present Space Patrol! Space Patrol, this is Commander Corey. The March of Dimes is underway, a march against the most dreaded of all childhood diseases, infantile paralysis. Don't any of you stand on the sidelines. Send your dimes to your local March of Dimes headquarters today. Be sure to see another exciting Space Patrol program on your local ABC television station. Consult your local paper for time and channel. This program is broadcast to our armed forces overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Space Patrol came to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is ABC Radio Network. <laughs>